When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm Tracy Barnett, your host and narrator. Heroes, we are excited to bring you a brand new series today, and the game is Firebrands. Now, James got together an excellent crew, but unfortunately, we had some audio issues with this. We had to use the Zoom backup, and they're, it's just not up to our usual quality, so I hope you'll forgive us for this series. But the players are amazing. The game is very, very excellent, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So, let's get to the show. Alright heroes, let's meet our party for this week. And first up, a voice that should be familiar to you all, because you have listened to not just every episode of One Shot, but every episode of every podcast that has ever been on the One Shot Network, which means you have heard backstory, uh, and therefore you know Alex Roberts. Hello. Hi, it's me. (laughs) Alex, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It is so nice to be back. It feels great. Uh, I think this is like the... Uh, you, first time that we've had you in a long time where you weren't playing one of your own games. Oh, yes. no, that's not true. You did play Gion's game earlier, but yeah. That's true, yeah. But I do feel like I've been I've been here playing my own games more often, so I'm very, very excited um, for someone else to do all that game design bit at last. Yeah. I'm taking it easy. I just play. Yeah, that's and nice. that's the thing. Alex kind of, uh, like, games are made to order for Alex. So, like, you say you want to do a podcast and then she designs a game for it. Um, that's sort of... <laughs> why she thinks of it such a hassle but yeah she did kind of just invent star crossed and uh for the queen just for just to the, get show. On the show yeah, yeah just to get on <laughs> um alex we are uh, but but before we we get moving um i did want to ask do you have something that you would like to plug for us um yeah sure i think the thing to plug right now is my patreon um i don't have any like big giant games coming out super soon um but it's 2023 and I'm using the Patreon a lot more. So if you are someone who's interested in the work that Come I do, over. Uh, it's, it's, I'm hello, Alex Roberts at Patreon, patreon.com slash hello, Alex Roberts is probably how that works. Yeah. That's the thing I'm plugging. It's fun. Come, come hang out. Come hang out. And Alex, as we are playing Firebrands this week, I have to know what is your favorite Mecca anything of all time? Um, okay. This is a really good question because I really wish that I could answer like super dimensional fortress Macross. Cause I did kind of get ex- obsessed with that not too long ago and watch all of it. And I think it's like very funny and interesting as like a really old Mecca, but ultimately I'm an Evangelion person and I have been mm-hmm. since the age of 14. And the, <laughs> I watched the movie of that before I watched the series. Like I watched the sort of famously incomprehensible end of Evangelion. Before. I feel like that would be disorienting. <laughs> 
I feel like that's a disorienting introduction to Evangelion. Yeah. And I was like, this is the most incredible thing that mankind has ever produced. I got to see more of this. So um, I don't know what that tells you about me, but yes, that's my, my mecha thing is actually just Evangelion. I love it so much. (laughs) That rips, that rips. It's a good, good choice. Good pick. Let's move on to our next guest. This voice is new to the show but should not be new to you generally. And that is my good friend, Orion D. Black. Welcome to One Shot. Hello. Bonjour, everyone. <laughs> extremely chill, extremely laid back. Orion briefly had a streaming interview show on the One Shot Network that I believe we got two episodes of before everybody got too tired uh, and busy with life and had to move on to bigger and exciter, more exciting adventures. Like, I can't remember the last episode of that show. Did you like get the the Watsy job like weeks later or something like that? It felt- I have no idea time (laughs) construct. Um, Plus that was like four- maybe five years ago at this point yeah it, it, that was a busy time back then just lots of things were happening all the time and uh i have sort of just forgotten it all as one with adhd does yeah it's it's very easy if you're not looking at it for it to disappear uh, uh from your mind entirely but orion before before we learn about your your history with mecca I, I wanted to know do you have any plugs that you would like to direct the listeners to i was told that in tradition, if I had no plugs, mm-hmm. which I do, but I just am not in the mood. Um, <laughs> that's something in my house that I wish was working. Is my record player, which is sitting right next to me. I'm looking at, at it longingly right now. I wish you worked. My <laughs> well, listeners day. out there, if you know how to repair a record player, get in touch through uh, post office. You'll just have to send a letter. Orion. Yeah. I want to know what is your favorite mecha anything of all time. I'm I'm leaving this pretty broad because like yes there are anime and and whatnot but like if somebody is just into building those models those Gundam models I, Gunpla mm-hmm. I, I want I want to know about it. Ratatouille. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it tracks. It counts. It's the it best. Counts. When someone said is Ratatouille a mecha anime and the answer is yes, so it is my favorite for qualifying. If uh, Evangelion counts, Ratatouille counts. That's the thing that we have to acknowledge. Given how many Ratatouille as an Evangelion thing memes I have seen, I must agree with your logic. It's in there. If it's in memes, it's in logic. That's how we define things in 2023. <laughs> um, let's move on to uh, some guests that we've had in the past who are, are near and dear to my hearts and I really wanted to record with before I transitioned out of being Game Master of One Shot uh, because I got to record with these folks really early on and I'm super big fans of both of them. Let's start with Jess because Eric has uh, may have a deeper connection to this game. Uh, Jess, Jess Fink, welcome to One Shot. Hello, thank you. Happy to be uh, here. I'm happy to have you here, Jess. Uh, Do you have any plugs that you would like to direct our audience to? Uh, So I do romance comics and I do illustration and you can check out my stuff on um, my itch store. There's links to all of that in my Twitter bio. So just check me out on Twitter. It's at Jess Fink. There we go. Pretty straightforward. Um, And folks, I'm a member of Jess Patreon. Generally speaking, if there is a pop culture thing that I am into, like almost invariably, Jess is also into it and has drawn some great fan art for it. 
So when Our Flag Means Death was coming out, man, I was getting fed. Uh, mm-hmm. So definitely follow that <laughs> Patreon. Jess, what is your favorite Mecca anything? I feel like I don't, I, I, this is the one area in my, my nerd like library that I just, I don't really have because I, I, I don't think I've ever watched anything with Mecca like, other than like Pacific Rim. Yeah. I never got into Gundam. I don't know. So I don't, Objection. I don't feel like I have one. Objection. But... Ripley oh, yeah. in the power loader. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> If yes. you are into that one scene in Aliens, uh-huh. that counts. Aliens, Aliens. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that I'm I'm definitely gay for Ripley and the power power loader, 100%. Yeah. And really that's all we need for for Mecca, uh so so test passed. You 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 did it. And of course, <laughs> that uh that voice you heard bailing Jess out of a difficult pop culture question was Eric Colossal. Eric, welcome to One Shot. Hello, it's me. Eric, before we, we get into the show and everything, I got to ask, do you have any plugs that you would like to direct our audience to? I do. My current big thing that I'm working on is a game called Knockout City. It's free to play. Uh, I would love it if you played it. It's one of the best games I've ever made. And I wrote all the narrative for it. And every season we release a 10 episode radio drama. And it is one of the most fun things to write and record and hire actors for. And I'm just having so much fun and I want other people to have fun. That rips. Knockout City is a great game. Well, thank Congratulations. You yeah. Every time like I, I get to see like snippets of what Eric is working on, like through through Twitter or whatever, I am just always like, wow, I cannot believe that he is doing these things. <laughs> I I said to somebody before. So uh, Bruce Lee said, be like water, take the form of the cup. And I was like, no, I'm the cup. I bend the world around me, apparently. It's just, there's something I want to do. And I find, I, I want to be on one shot again. Well, look at this. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> what a funny little world. Hmm, mm. coincidence. I, hey, mm. I love that. It's an inch away from solipsism. And you, know, you got to respect it. It's a little too close to the secret also for my, my liking. But... <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, well, moving on, Eric, what is your favorite mecha anything? I just got finished reading Gundam Origin. Mm-hmm. So that was delightful. But before that, this is extremely niche, but there's a guy named Larry Blameyer who did The Lost Skeleton of Cadavra, an old parody movie. And he has a series of paintings called Steam Wars, which is what if there were giant steam-powered mechs during the Civil War, I believe. Oh or, or it's World War I. I don't remember which one, sorry. But I remember seeing those illustrations in college and thinking this was the greatest thing I ever saw in my life. <laughs> that might be World War I because isn't that the basis they used to make Scythe? I might oh. be thinking of a different thing, though. I think you're thinking of something different. Okay. But okay. either way, Scythe also is extremely evocative. So, oh, 1896. So okay, so definitely, early. definitely not World War One. Still, I recommend it. Also, I recommend uh, Lost Skeleton of Cadavra. No mechs in it, but still good. <laughs> you know, so, uh, that's it's unfortunate how many things that are still good don't have mechs in them. <laughs> but the great news is, time keeps moving on, and that can change. And we can convince people that they need to do that uh, with their franchises by playing a delightful game. The game that we are playing today, folks, is Firebrands. Uh, technically, I believe it is Mobile Suit Frame Zero Firebrands. 
there's a funny etymology to this game. Mobile Zoot Frame Zero is a separate role-playing game that is actually Legos are part of the mechanics for that game. And this is kind of an offshoot uh, that Vincent and McGay Baker came up with together. And I think it is just delightful. It plays out in these little mini games. So we're going to make our characters together and then kind of launch into the free form play of this game. We'll probably do like one or two laps of each of us picking mini games. And the way stories flow out of this, I think, is just it's every time I read a new Baker design, I think it's such an achievement. And, and this is no different. So jumping into the setup, there are three factions in this game. There are, uh, like, I think there is a setting intro that I'll read here. The Bentral system is not at war. Bentral was never, until recently, a wealthy colony. The planet had resources enough just to maintain its own small society, but none worth exporting. There was never any need for the corporate sponsors of its initial colonization to interfere with its administration. In the halls, the Solar Union Commerce land shares on Bentral were traded for nothing. No cost, no gain. You might throw all of my land shares on Bentral into your golf wager as a joke, or give them as a prank gift to a friend. Recently, though, there was a minor development in an obscure biochemical processing technology, and the novel features of Bentral's ecosystem went from being sci a scientific curiosity to being an untapped and unknowably deep wellspring of wealth. Land shares on Bentral are no longer an ignored asterisk on anyone's balance sheet. The handover administration and power from the descendants of Bentral's original Terran colonists into the newly in interested legal right holders, the self-proclaimed landowners, has been cheerful, orderly, and mutually profitable. There have been a few isolated spats, of course, but there's pr been practically no protracted, bitter, bloody war of resistance between the displaced old Bantrest aristocracy and the off-world landowners. When a landowner uses the threat of violence to force a hereditary great family to give up their land and keep them on as guides and entertainers, it's cheerful. When they offer them in exchange a negligible sum, it's mutually profitable. And when a fiery company of Bantresh irregulars responds by raiding their holdings and seizing arms and materiel against future battles, and local insurrectionists take advantage of the upset by forcibly occupying the biochem processing facility, and the landowners respond with ruthless crackdowns and martial law, these are a few isolated spats. To admit otherwise would be to invite the intervention of the Terran Transit Authority's mediation and peacekeeping forces, and no one would get rich from Bentral but the TTA. So, that's what we are. We are three squabbling factions who don't want those squabbles to get too far out of hand, lest we attract the attention of higher powers. And those three squabbling factions are the Bantresh, the Bantresh are aristocratic families of Bentral. They are currently being forced off of their land by off-world landowners. The next faction is those same off-world landowners. According to the Solar Union law, you are the rightful shareholder and therefore owner of the wealth of Bentral. 
you are trying to force people off of that land to collect on those resources. And the final faction is the revolutionaries. The undeclared war between the landowners and the Bentresh is an opportunity for the people of Bentral to rise up. You are uh, people who are likely employed by either the landowners or the Bentral uh, hereditary factions, and you don't live a great life and want to seize any means necessary to get a better one. So with those three factions in mind, who... Do people see their characters being? Can I be a bad guy? <laughs> so, it, you know, as, as I read these factions, there are two bad guy factions and one possibly good guy faction. So you can be a bad guy pretty easily, I think. <laughs> can I be the worst guy? I think it would be, I'm just, I've, I'm, I am so deeply connected with the themes of this game. It's really speaking to me on so many levels. And I think it would be fun to be a bad guy. So I would really like to be an off-world landholder and mm. a true and truly in the spirit of mecha anime be a, a a hateable yes sort of inscrutable and like also kind of weirdly compelling and attractive bad guy. So that's kind of what I'm feeling drawn towards right now. Love it. Love it. So uh Alex has volunteered for landowners. I think I, I think I would like to be a shitty little aristocrat. Love that. Love that. Uh, so <laughs> just going for the band Tresh. Yeah, maybe like a teen, a teen aristocrat. Doesn't really know what they're about yet. We love a teenage aristocrat. And a teenage mech pilot. Traditionally, they are the best mech pilots. <laughs> yeah, that's when you're good at it for some reason. Not at anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe there are no other themes because that would mean it was political. <laughs> <laughs> and imagining mecha anime that way, goodness. I actually also want to be a shitty aristocrat. Oh, yes! Excellent. Wow. Yeah. I uh, want to be a little older, so I'm worse at being a mech pilot. Mm. Um, <laughs> other teenagers are just above and beyond. I can kill other adults easily. But oh, yeah. teenagers, darn you. Probably won't be able to kill the teenagers, but in the early seasons, you'll certainly beat them quite a bit. It's, it's just late game. You got to watch out. They're untouchable late game. Yeah, I think I'm going to be a shitty aristocrat who is very much like, I have all this figured out. I have the connections between all of the families. Everything's going my way. And then those darn Scooby-Doo kids keep fucking things up for me. All right, Eric. I'll uh, I'll take a revolutionary then. Um, Ooh, yeah. I think I want to be somebody who's kind of ready to start the fire, whatever it is. It's time to go. I love time it. For, the time for waiting is over. Strike now while the iron is hot. And if the iron isn't hot, I'm gonna stoke those flames. Get it hotter. Gosh, gosh. Okay, so that means like I am torn because we are going to have asymmetrical teams no matter what. I can either be a good guy with Eric or I can be a bad guy with Alex. It's a tough, this is a tough call. I think the way narrative math goes though, there have to be way more bad guys than good guys. That's oh. just kind of how it has to go. So I think then I am going to be one of these awful landowners as well. Um, oh, shit. Welcome. Oh, yes. Very corporate. Uh, <laughs> all right. 
So we're going to start off with the Ben Tresh characters, and I will just read this verbatim because it will be easier than trying to change around the syntax. The Ben Tresh are the aristocratic families of Bentral. You are a hereditary warrior prince or princess of a noble family, a mobile frame ace pilot, and the off-world landowners robbed you and of your wealth and estates. You've been raised to believe that the wealth of Bentral belongs to the Bantresh. Bantresh of the same family are your friends. Bantresh of different families are your rivals. The landowners and revolutionaries are your enemies. You must choose three qualities. You can choose them between beautiful, cultured, enthusiastic, fiery, passionate, radiant, rich, severe, and strong. And I guess you can also choose now if you are of the same family or different families. Really, that choice can happen whenever. Let's leave it for the future. Okay. Okay. So then, yeah, just just uh, hit us with your qualities as soon as you've you've got them circled. I would like to be severe, beautiful, and radiant. Yes. Ooh. I love I love those combinations right like there. Like an angel uh, of vengeance. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I love that rich is one of the qualities that you can have. <laughs> it's just an attractive yeah. quality. I I feel like my character doesn't have a lot going for them in the looks department, but they are very cultured. They're a nerd for the history of their family and mm-hmm. they're uh severe and rich. Okay. I like yeah. I like the idea that a nerd nerd is just like thrown in there, cultured, rich, and severe. And that severe is just like a thing that Bantresh get. That's just like. Yeah, I think I think my character is intimidating uh, in appearance, but not necessarily beautiful, just like kind of scary looking. So severe in that way. And then, yeah, just a, a very se- severe nerd, severe, rich nerd. Perfect. I love it. I'm, I I immediately pictured them with glasses, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to you. Uh, so then we need you to choose both a name uh, or a family name. And I will point out uh, that this system does recommend you can use your own name if you like. That's written on all of the descriptions. And I just figured it's important to throw out there because the bakers do not write things lightly. So name and family name. Uh, I usually come up with names last when I make my characters, though. So I will also point out that you have a mobile frame. Mobile frames are the walking combat and labor mecha that humanity brought with them to colonize the galaxy. Your mobile frame is a military model, possibly a chub. It was custom built for you personally, armed and armored in grand style, kitted out with heraldic insignia and the colors of your house. So we'll need, in addition to your character descriptions, we'll need a mecha description. And, you know, I'll want to know what those insignia look like. And I'll definitely want to know your house colors. It's important. All right. So I'm going to cheat a little and my family name mm-hmm. is going to be Zobby because that's from a Gundam series and <laughs> the guy looks evil so I'm taking that and my mobile frame is definitely looks very uh knightish has draped over uh, its shoulders these long like flags 
with the family crest on them, holds a lance very long with like an exploding tip or something ridiculous. You stab someone and you blow them up or something. The colors are red, gold, and black. And uh, I carry around like a helmet underneath my arm, like stand on the hands of the of the robot and sing the song of my nation and stuff like that. Very nationalist way, just as gross as you can get. <laughs> we love it. We love to hear it. So I think I don't. Hmm, I'm still working on a on a family name, but I mm-hmm. I think my character is is definitely goth, a little goth creep, and they are kind of the black sheep of the family. Their mech is kitted out to almost look like a hearse. <laughs> so there's like wrought iron in the front and wrought iron in the back, uh, like sticking up, like spikes sticking up. And I think that my family really isn't down with this. They're, they kind of like like to discourage how weird my character is. And they've been trying to get me in line for a few years, but I refuse. So I think... I think the colors are purple and silver. Um, yeah. So my mech is like a very gaudy purple and silver hearse and everyone in my family hates it. <laughs> God, I love that. Yeah. I like it especially because it feels like, well, if we've got teen mecha pilots, that means you pick your mecha design when you're a teenager mm-hmm. and maybe they'll make some changes as time goes on, but you're really kind of committing to your teen aesthetic for the rest of your life. Yeah, you're kind of stuck with it. Yeah. Especially because they, you know, they have old money, but they're mm-hmm. they're not necessarily getting new money. So this is like, I've had this for a while and um, yeah, it's not going anywhere. I don't know how I'm going to fix it up when I get older. Oh, that's good. That's good. So the lastly, and this is something that you do not need to establish now, everyone has soldiers that work with you. Some of the games depend on soldiers. It says for the Bantresh, your soldiers are your siblings, your cousins, and your household guard. Think of, think of them as knights, retainers, and loyal warriors. So there will be a couple games where there's potential for your soldiers to die, which means you need to have some names for them so that matters at some point. So after you come up with, with your character names, just, just know that there'll need to be a smattering of other names that you throw in there. But uh, before we move on, I, I wanted to ask uh, Orion and Jess, do you have names for your characters just so I can pencil them down and address you properly during the game? So my character's name, their original name was Petal, but they refused to, to let anyone call them that. They changed their name to Mausoleum. Uh, yes. With a Y at the end, <laughs> Mausoleum. And most of their family just calls them Maz. This is very good. <laughs> I'm now a yeah. fan of Mausoleum, I would like to announce. <laughs> My character's name is Francis. Sometimes he goes by Francois to be fancy, oh. mm-hmm. but I think like his mom calls him Francis. All family members can call him Francis, and then everybody who is of any lower class or status has to say Francois. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. All right, uh, so that is our Bantresh faction. Moving on to the next faction on the list, we've got the landowners. Hello, heroes, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, today is the start of our one-shot Patreon drive. We are 
extremely excited to be doing this. It's It's been a while. Uh, the network primarily is able to function because of the money generated by this Patreon. So we have revamped the entire Patreon. We've even revamped our website. And we have some pretty cool stuff going on. Now, some of the tiers have remained uh, roughly the same. The, the $2 tier, the $5 tier, the $10 tier, those are all what you would come to expect. You get access to the Secret Archive for $5. You get to send Dear Uhuru letters to the crew of the Uhuru and Campaign Skyjacks at the $10 level. What I'm really excited about right now and something we're launching today is the new $15 tier. Now, this is still the book club, and you get everything else that you had previously gotten in the other tiers also. But now OneShot uh, is going to be making custom mini RPGs. That means that every month, I'm going to be working with a new game designer, a different game designer, and they're going to be making a, a brand new mini RPG for OneShot for our $15 a month patrons. So that means that every month you are going to get a brand new mini RPG that is not available anywhere else at all. The first one of these is one that James and I made together. So it's called Featherfall, and it is the story of a feather fallen from the sky in Spear, the world of campaign skyjacks. And, excuse me... Oh, bless. And what happens as that feather journeys through the world? It's a solo journaling style game with uh, blackjack-like card mechanics. It's really, really cool. So if you are interested in something like that, head to our Patreon, hit that $15 a month level, and you'll be able to get that game today. As well, if you want to see that play out, James and I are going to be playing it on stream live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern over at twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg. So there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. We have a bunch more Twitch events that are lined up throughout uh, this two-week period uh, that we're doing this campaign drive. And uh, I'm really excited. I hope that if you love what we do here at the network, if you love One Shot, if you love Campaign, if you love Character Creation Cast, or any of the other shows that we have on this network, that you will go to patreon.com slash one shot podcast and put in a donation. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, I can't wait for you to see what's coming. So, with all that out of the way, let's get back to the show. Landowners are, according to Solar Union law, the rightful shareholders to the wealth of Bantral. We are mobile frame ace pilots employed to defend and secure their rights. The landowners, their soldiers, and their officers are all friends. Officially, the Bantresh are your rivals. But when fights break out, they're your enemies. The revolutionaries are also your enemies. We have to choose three qualities between these, uh, Alex, and those are confident, conflicted, educated, fashionable, friendly, good-hearted, sophisticated, striking, and thoughtful. Mm, that's fun. Is anything calling out to you? Should I go first? 
Are we, are we doing what, this yeah, why don't you Why don't you go first? I'll, I'll play off of. Cool. I want to be confident, sophisticated, and friendly. Mm, deadly. <laughs> All right. I think I am going to be, I'm going to be fashionable, educated, and I think also sophisticated. Fun. After that, we have to choose a name that we will remember. And we do not need a surname for ourselves. My name is Philippa. Philippa. Yeah, Philippa. Man, if I can't even say it right, maybe that's not a good name. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm doing it. I'm picking a name that I'm desperately terrified that I don't know how to spell correctly. I'm going to go with D'Artagnan. Oh, that's fun. I was thinking my maker would have a sword, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we gotta, we gotta be sword people. We're evil. We have, to have swords, probably. Yeah. Evil people just horny for the blade. That's, that's <laughs> didn't you play D'Artagnan in? Uh, I didn't play D'Artagnan. I was one of the. I was oh, one right. of the others. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I don't think D'Artagnan got to appear in that particular thing, which, you know, that's one memory we didn't spit upon in that. So we have. Company name, unit designation, and squad call sign. Oh, great. Great. I feel like company name we can really go nuts with. Like, what mm-hmm. if it was just called like Dogma? Fuck. And yeah. it's like that stands for something, maybe that yeah, implies dude. that we're like a trade company or whatever, but it's just like Dogma. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I have and- to bring the Evangelion in with me. And here's here's the thing, listeners. Uh, in the company logo, there's a cross in the logo, but where? Who's to say? <laughs> yeah, but you watch dogma? this show. <laughs> you like you watch this show, and you're like, oh, dogma. It's like a you know maybe that symbolizes, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It just looks cool. It just sounds <laughs> intense. And then unit designation or or squad call sign. Do we have to come up with them all? So do we want to just say that we work for Dogma or do we want to say that we're some sort of like team that Dogma has? So, yeah, I think we we are probably like we are whatever the Dogma Corporation has deployed in order to, you know, shore up whatever resources that we're after. So if we if we run with the religious theme, we could be like we could be pulling on like Archangel shit as yeah. as our our unit designation like we're just like the seraphim yeah uh, yeah seraphim squad or whatever yeah i wonder if we could even go weirder with it like i wonder we could go like five percent weirder and be the nephilim or we could go like 800 weirder and just be like oh i'm trying to i'm trying to pull like the deacons or something you know what i mean archdeacons where it's like what does that even what does that even have to do I'm judging by your facial expression. I think you think that Nephilim is like way cooler. I think Nephilim's way cooler. I'm going to say. <laughs> you don't want to yeah. be an archdeacon with me. I don't think that's even. Well, well, what about what about uh, archdeacon is is the rank that commands the the Nephilim soldiers? <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's okay. I like Nephilim. Let's keep it vague and let's let's mix it up as much as possible. Sure. All right. And finally, that leaves us with our mobile frames. They, once again, combat and labor mecha. Uh, Your mobile frame is a high-end military model, probably an Osprey. 
armed and armored to your exact specifications, bearing the insignia of your company and rank. Amazing. I want to lean into this bird of prey thing that's come up with Osprey. Um, Mm -hmm. I think my mecha, first of all, has some sort of actually functional thing that kind of looks like wings a little bit, like folded wings behind my back, and also has like kind of a pointed helmet, like sort of like this. And um, we're looking at like a royal blue and and gold are like the colors that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Royal blue and gold. I like that a lot. I am, if you're going to be like bird themed, that archangel has like four faces and one of them is a bird. There's a lion, which is too obvious. What are the other two? Is it, is it literally a lamb and a, uh, are you thinking of the four evangelists where there's like a bull and like a, oh, there's, I don't there's remember like them one of those angels that has, yeah, I, I think, oh wait, here we look, oh, you it's pick a man, an, it's a man and a bull. Okay. Just a man. Cool. It's just a man. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's too far. I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be a red, white and gold mech that has a bull's head on it. Excellent. Very broad and kind of uh, defined, despite having a very live body to it, I think. And now we just need to have these character names. Oh, no, I, we already did. I already named my character. Ha ha ha. Okay, excellent. So then we are going to move on to the revolutionaries. Let's see. The undeclared war between the landowners and Bantresh is an opportunity for the people of Bantral to rise up. You are a revolutionary captain a mobile frame ace pilot fighting for freedom, both from hereditary tyranny and off-world rule. It's your opinion that the wealth of Bentral should belong to its people. While both the Bantresh and the landowners are your enemies in principle, some of their more sympathetic individuals, families, and squads are your rivals and friends in practice. While in principle, the revolution is entirely your friends, in practice, it contains rivals and enemies too. All leftists know that. Uh, Eric, you're going to have to choose three qualities. Your three attractive qualities you can choose from are charming, dashing, devoted, down-to-earth, funny, generous, idealistic, inspiring, kind, and resolute. I'm going to go with inspiring, resolute, and devoted. Love that. And let's see, character name is technically next, but if you wanted to save that for last, you can also tell us what you do, the profession or occupation of your daily life. I don't know. I'm having a hard time actually with this because uh, of the character that I was building in my head. I was like, what? It says, what you do, the profession or occupation of your daily life, choose something that brings you into regular contact with Van Tresh, the landowners are both. And I was having a hard time coming up with that. So the best that I have is that my character is an old veteran of many, many, many wars. So there's mm-hmm. almost like a greatest generation reverence for this person. So it's kind of like they keep him around to bring him out during parties type of thing. And little do they know he's in the revolution. Oh, that's interesting. I just, <laughs> I guess party favor. I don't know what. Uh, you what know, I... I'll allow it. Party <laughs> favor. You know, it feels like it mixes with this this wild world here. So that that brings us to the question of your mobile frame, because the mobile frames held by the revolution are technically repurposed labor bots. 
So if you are some war hero, you might have flown a different mobile frame back in the day, but for your revolutionary activities, you bought some old farming or mining equipment, whatever, and had it repurposed into a battle frame. Mm -hmm. So because I'm this old, I wrote figurehead of the past as my, uh, what I do. Because I'm this old war veteran, I've been in many battles. I am, my character, excuse me, is very cut up, missing arms that have been replaced, missing body parts that have been replaced and guts and stuff like that, very stitched together. So, so is his mobile suit. It's made up of a bunch of different parts. It's like Frankenstein's together, just like he is. And uh, he calls it the Prometheus. Ooh, love that. And Eric, what is your character's name? My character's name is Cotard Rampick. Um, Alex, did you want that pronounced Philippa or Philippa? I like Philippa, but also okay. follow your heart. It's not my real name, so I'm not too stressed out about it. I bet I'm, and I bet I'll do it inconsistently too. That's fun. I love that. There are real fan arguments in, well, this is the way that it's really done. No, she only says it in this context. Therefore, <laughs> she's telling us something when it's the voice actor had 10 gigs that day. And... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. We start off by conducting solitaire. If you open the PDFs that I sent everyone, there are different solitaire games. The way this game works is after the opening solitaire, we are all going to pick out different mini games that we want to play. Some of them will be between us and just one other person. Some of them will be between, you know, everybody or, you know, just a small a selection of people. And the solitaire games are all just by yourself. They are usually like kind of vignettes into that character's life. But uh, take a look at the solitaire games and uh, you will see a simple like sentence that opens them and you will get to choose how you end that sentence. So for instance, the game that I am picking is you've been drilling maneuvers with your squad. And the sentence that I, the way that I'm ending that sentence is, and they've stumbled over each other like raw, uncoordinated recruits. So we see a dogma training facility. And I think dogma training facilities are decorated real, like it, it's halfway between Apple style, like modern reductionism and the gaudy over filigreed Catholic church. Um, so you have that filigree, but it's been smushed down to such a narrow degree. There's a lot of blank space. And then everything else uh, that is in between those blank spaces are impossibly detailed, beautifully and excruciatingly carved and inlaid with gold scenes of corporate triumph. And of course, corporate suffering. I think dogma might have evolved out of what at one point was a populist revolution. And then all of that populist like imagery got co-opted. So it's sort of like, uh, you know, the, the triumph of the worker thing, but it's like somebody who is, you know, portrayed completely nude and extremely muscular, but like doing desk work and whatnot. 
and like you know showing how that labor is like really pushing someone to their absolute uh limits uh so we're in this facility it is beautiful white that like glows faintly and uh has all of these gold inlays and i think everyone is dressed in like you gotta go with like skin tight almost vacuum suits they're shiny they're beautiful what what seems they would have again are inlaid with gold and we are just running traditional fencing is what's happening and you can see like this squad of people that have like these beautiful gold filigree masks uh fencing masks over them that entirely block out their faces and they charge but unlike fencing like there is none of the refined precision of fencing like these are people who are like coiled springs and swing at each other like wild animals uh there's a lot of shouting and grunting as like different parries are made they move back and forth across the mat and then there is a flash in the camera as uh they are both quickly disarmed by d'artagnan D'Artagnan is, I think, a man in his, uh, we'll say it's indeterminate whether he would be between his 30s or 40s. He's either a very young man who has worked so hard that you'd go, oh, he looks old for his age, or an old man who looks extremely young and youthful because of his energy. There is a real sparkle in his eye and his blonde hair is just truly dazzling. Everything about the way he moves himself is precise and he scowls at his men and says, do you think that when you get to the planet that the Bentresh will simply allow you every opening to go unpunished. That the Bantresh, who have been fighting for hundreds of years with a long military history before many of you even had families that dreamed of entering mobile frames, will simply allow you to come to where they live, relieve them of their vast reserves of wealth, and walk away happy men to return home to your families? Or do you think they will strike you down where you stand? And I think like one of the soldiers uh, like stands up, removes his helmet, looking down to be getting dressed down in this way. No, no, sir. No, sir. Of course not, sir. He is immediately slapped across the face by D'Artagnan. I don't need your excuses. What I need is for you to move with precision, move with elegance, move like someone I trained. Is that understood? And all of the soldiers in unison say, sir, yes, sir, then begin again. And he stomps and they once more line up, helmets on, ready to move. And so that's a solitaire game. Pretty simple and straightforward. You allow those sentences to just propel you into setting up a very simple and quick scene. Who feels like they would like to move into their solitaire game? I'll do it. Yeah. My sentence is, you've been quietly building support among the people of the region, and you had a close run-in with a Bantresh counterintelligence agent. So Qatard is, he's an old man. And uh, he knows that 
he's used for these things. Like I said, he's used as a figurehead of the, um, you know, he's from the past. So people use that to try to say that, oh, if Cotard is here, and, uh, then this must be, there must be some form of uh, history to this. There's, we must be in the right if Cotard is here. Uh, mm. And he uses that to get close to people and all that stuff. But he also, he's just a guy. He's just an old guy. No one really cares about him anymore, but he knows that he does carry this and he's using that in the revolution. So he goes around, he does these little like meet and greets with the people and tells old war stories. And in that telling, he does clandestine meetings with people. So he does quick little meetings, you know, at the table signing books. You have that couple, that little bit to say to each other. And what he's writing in the book is something just for your eyes, things like Uh. that. And when he is leaving, uh, the last person come up to him and ask him to sign the book. But inside the book is something for his eyes only. And this is the uh, counterintelligence agent. And Cotard realizes what's going on. They go into a back room and he, while he acts a little bit like an old man to throw people off, it's not too far off from how he actually feels, but he is able to spring on him. They get into a fight. He gets his ear slashed. He's all covered in scars. Like like I said, he's got another person's hand. He's got a, a, a robot leg, all this stuff. So either he has those scars because he's not a very good fighter or he's getting cut all the time now because he's gotten older and his, his body isn't keeping up with the things he wants to do. But either way, he manages to subdue this guy. And now he's like, crap, I just killed a Bandrash counterintelligence agent. They're gonna know. So the rest of his day was spent contriving a way for this man to look like he died on accident and calling in some favors with the revolution and setting up this guy to look like he died in a uh, simple car accident. I am a little bit concerned for your character, Eric, only because that does sound like the episode, the, the opening of a Space Columbo episode. And <laughs> it just uh, feels like you s- could get caught. <laughs> Yeah, well, if my character is anything like Columbo, I am. I won this already. <laughs> well, that's the problem. You would be a villain in Columbo. Oh no! As- oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mostly concerned for my character because it's it's all four of you uh, are my enemy. So, the more enemies you have in Mecca, uh, the the more likely you true. are to win. Um, so <laughs> let's let's move on to our next solitaire. I'm ready. Yeah, Orion, take it us take us away. Okay, so um you've been meeting in secret with the noble heads of other local Bantresh, and they agree to follow your plan, but you first must show results. Francois is the type of person who believes in that there's only two types of combat. There is like the battle of the sword or the lance and of the tongue. And so uh figuring out a uh he spent many, many years since he was really young trying to form good relationships between the rival houses, even though like the when he was a child, even if the adults didn't get along that much, like he tried to make good impressions and always turn even bad situations into making him look more favorable and be like, oh, be more like your polite child or whatever sort of the thing and making friends with with cousins and second cousins and third cousins and so on and so forth. And now he has the ear of uh, most of the most powerful families, and uh, he has decided that 
the only way to win this war is to gain the trust of the landowners uh, and begin a begin a plot of sabotage by being like a double agent and like, oh, I can help you get rid of these other families if you protect me and my family uh, sort of the situation. And they all trust Transois enough to be like, okay, we trust you to do this, but how are you going to gain the favor and trust of the landowners? Like, this is, and, and how are you going to, how do we know that you're not actually going to keep yourself and your family safe and not screw us all over? Like, it's what this plan is. And so Francois is w- walking around this, like, it's like a uh, half circle of a table and they're all sort of positioned like a like a group of nations and Francois is kind of in the middle in this like podium like area that uh from uh from their perspective it looks like Francois is like on trial but from Francois's perspective it looks like he's on stage uh and takes that sort of energy back and forth as they're all like very accusing and Francois is like everyone please come when have I ever given you reason to feel troubled or endangered. I have only provided you victories both on the battlefield and off. I have done you many a favor time and time again. The landowners are ignorant and cocky. And as soon as they think they have an opportunity to one-up us, we have gained a point of weakness by which we will strike. I've nothing but been loyal to my house and all of your houses, more so than even some of your siblings, aunts, uncles, and cousins. Pointing at some specific people who've had like some shady family shit going on, be like, hey, y'all suck. Says, I'm going to meet with a spy, someone who we found out is a spy of the landowners, and I'm going to negotiate this situation but what i'm going to do is i'm going to give them some real information about me that puts me and my family at risk so that if the situation goes south for all of you it also goes south for me as well like me probably worse than the rest and they all like start muttering to each other and they're like okay okay like let's let's trust in francois he's never done us wrong it's gonna put his head on the chopping block first and Francois turns around, like, like bows to them all, like, uh, being very like, oh, thank you so much. But in that way where it's like, I'm really superior to you all and walks out <laughs> with a, a smile on his face, knowing that the spy of the landowners is actually his spy, who is already a double agent. So he's just layering, not that he's going to decide to turn on anyone specifically now. He just always wants to have the ability to turn to the winning side whenever. So sure. That's great. That's great. I love it. This episode of One Shot features music from the following artists. Terra Firm by Belladrone. Passage by In This World. Bloomflower by Neon Beach. Horizon by Salon Dijon. And An Old Hearth by Wicked Cinema. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online anywhere at The Other Tracy. That's it for One Shot this week. 
But don't worry, we'll be back with another episode of our Firebrand series next week. As usual, we end one shot with a call to action in Heroes. Today, I'm going to ask you to head to fivecalls.org. Type in your zip code, find the issues that are important to you, and make some phone calls. Your elected officials need to hear from you. They literally work for us. And making these phone calls allows your voice to be heard in a, a tangible way that matters to the people in power. So head to fivecalls.org, find some issues, find scripts to read if you need help with that kind of stuff, and make some calls. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at gamemaster at oneshotpodcast.com. One Shot is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at paracosmpress.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.